Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 11, along with our recommendations on C, The King's Man, Nightmare Alley, Love is Blind, and more. Margaret is back. Hi, Margaret. How are you? <laughs> hey, Diana. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Oh. <laughs> did you did you hear the news? Lauren Cohan and Jeffrey Dean Morgan are reprising their Walking Dead roles of Maggie and Negan in a new series entitled oh, no. Wait, 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 entitled Isle of the Dead. And it's really? well, yeah, and it's post-apocalyptic Manhattan. Oh wow. Are they the same they're the same characters? So what did I say the other week? Which which time? I, there's only been two. Last week. La- no, the week before. It was the week before. Remember yeah. I talked about Maggie having recognized the piece of her that... Oh, yes. Yeah, it's, so they're never going to kill each other. They just bought yeah. off. So, see, I was... Wow. Right. Okay. <laughs> the only no. bad thing about this, which is the same bad thing about Daryl and Carol, is that we know <laughs> that they're not going to die. Right? Yeah. We know they're not going to yeah. die because yeah. there's a spinoff. So I it's know. like, oh, we know they're not going to die, but... Uh, that's a bummer. But, no, that's, that'll be interesting. Okay, but now my mind has gone so many different other places because if we were expecting to see these movies with Rick, right? I'm thinking all of this is heading toward these three movies that are supposed to be with Rick involved. And I'm thinking, oh, at the end of the movie, something's going to happen, either... You know, there's going to be a cure or life is going to change for Rick and the group or, you know, something. And like, I'm like, wait, but Daryl and Carol are still going to be in this apocalyptic world. And now Negan and Maggie are going to be in this apocalyptic world. So it's like, this is going on. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's all very, very interesting. So I I didn't believe it at first when I saw it. I saw the post and I'm like, what? is this and i had to go google it i'm like oh my god this is what what is is that supposed to happen news yeah i think i don't know if it's next year oh so they'll start shooting over the summer as soon as this thing ends i mean shows yeah you know the shows right showing because they're done filming it so yeah huh that'll be interesting i like i think the manhattan thing idea is really kind of cool of course it is (laughs) All right. So you know what? My question of the day, I have two and you get to pick one because I don't know which one to ask you. So in this episode, we see Eugene and Princess, their buddies. So I was thinking, oh, she was feeling bad for him, wanted to talk with him after he found out about uh, after Stephanie was missing. And so she brings him a dish. (laughs) lasagna but she brings it in it's so funny and she sets it down and he goes and looks at it and it's empty he saw this plate's empty and she's all oh you always got to let people in that have bring a dish right so i was wondering like what would you bring a friend who needed comfort and i wanted to know what would that be wait that's question number one hold on to that thought the second question would be who would be your buddy out of all the Walking Dead characters, which one do you like? Pick one. Oh, pick one. Man, that's a hard one. I mean, so the food thing is easy, but 
comfort food. I mean, brownies. I'd bring brownies. But the person, I mean, I answer both because they're short answers. But the person who would be my buddy, who I think I would get along with, it'd have to be Princess or one of the newer characters. Definitely not Carol. <laughs> Definitely not Maggie. We'd be competing. Yeah. So, I mean, Carol, Carol and I would be having head games too. So I, it'd have to be somebody who is open and doing their own thing. So it'd have to be Princess, really. Yeah. So I would bring chicken tortilla soup because oh. I have brought that a couple of times and people have really enjoyed it. But I like yours. I didn't even think about dessert and brownies <laughs> is so such a good thing. Well, That's like perfect. Chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> and who would be my buddy? Oh, I was trying to think who would I really like get along with, hang out with? Well, it depends on, I'm talking about just being my buddy, right? I'm not talking about let's go out in the world and fight because that would be a different person. <laughs> but I'm thinking Jerry. Jerry seems like such a cool guy to hang out with. And I feel uh, like he's not super, um, I don't know, he's light. He's funny. I feel like he's a, you know, a family guy. I don't know. I just think he'd be kind of fun. But I also did think of Princess too. Because she's kind of in, I don't know, she might be a little too scattered, a little too crazy for me, too. But, but that's what makes it interesting. Yeah. Jerry is kind of boring. I think you get, he's too boring. I I'm sure know. he isn't as a human being, but his character is just too, too mellow, too surfer dude, kind of like. Surfer dude. <laughs> you know. I mean, he's a family really. guy. I'm drawn to family people. Of course, me, originally, I'm like. Rick, Glenn, <laughs> those oh, are the people yeah. I would pick, right? That's why I pick Michonne. She, well, Michonne's kind of a no. kind of quiet, right? So I don't know if she'd give up too much. So she's extreme. Honestly, honestly, I would have thought Glenn. That I think he is the top person that I would want to be friends with. Really, 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 Glenn. He's my ultimate. Okay, friends out there, what do you think? What dish would you bring a friend or? In The Walking Dead, who would be your buddy? Let us know. You can leave us a comment on social media, our website, or email at screensinfocus at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. The links are in our show notes. All right. In episode 11, Rogue Element, this episode is all about searching for the truth. Eugene looks for Stephanie, Connie, and Kelly investigate what happened to Tyler, and Mercer loses authority regarding him, and Carol aids Hornsby in his unofficial business. So tell me, Margaret, what did you think of this episode? Well, I liked that they resolved some of the questions that I had. So who, where is Stephanie? So we got to get into that storyline. You know, the, the preamble to her missing. Um, and then I also thought it was kind of interesting to see how the place worked a little bit more closely with the, the um, I guess, the controls and the people who manage, like, the newspaper and who manages oh. them. And yeah. then just the fighting and the, the whole, the hierarchy, I guess you could say. And then the drug trade. I mean, geez, that was a little crazy, too. <laughs> that was. Um, and it just it just uh, confirms some of the stuff that I was thinking, you know, along those lines. But they give you enough of the, you know, Easter eggs, so to speak, to kind of, if you pay attention and put it all together, then you can figure out where, where the next episode is going to go. I enjoyed it. 
I loved this episode. I really, really did. I just thought it was great. I was surprised at the beginning that Eugene was in bed with a woman. <laughs> I thought, this is a long time coming for Eugene. Yeah. Yeah. And I also thought it was interesting the extent that the Commonwealth is willing to go to put on this charade to trick him. But do you think that it's just uh, Hornsby and his little group? Or do you think that the people above him, I don't think anybody else knows this exists except for Hornsby and his group. I think they are a, a diverse, divergent, whatever group, radical group. Possibly. But what I was thinking about was this fake Stephanie, where where she worked, where she lived. And I just feel like people would know this Stephanie outside of the small group then. So why wouldn't those people come forward? She must have friends, family before Eugene got there. So why wouldn't they say, hey, whatever her name was, they said what her name was, but I can't recall, and interact with her. Yet she's playing this whole role like no one knows. Or Everyone is in on it, pretending that she is Stephanie. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. I just, I'm just yeah. thinking how it's all playing out. I don't really know. But I want to know, what do they want with Alexandria or the people in Alexandria? Because it's got, it has to be something valuable to them, for them to want to go this far, that Stephanie is sleeping with Eugene because she's told to. Well, uh, she's like a... She's like a spy, though, right? I mean, I think that's, exactly she, she infiltrated the group, but I don't, and I don't think that that place is so big, and people just do their thing. They don't pay attention. They're not in everybody's business. Yeah. So okay. I think she could easily know. be under the radar, and that you didn't really see them in. They didn't focus on them enough to see that she had relationships outside of this group, and everybody else is there solo. They don't have their families unless they've made them while they've been in this apocalyptic world. Everybody's well, dead. So That's what I mean, though. I think she would have established a relationship with somebody who would have came in and said, hey, girl, you know, not Stephanie, <laughs> whatever her name is. I don't think um, so. She could have been from that drug farm, you know? Oh, she that's a good idea. She could have been from that drug farm. I like that. Well, or she was just some stray he picked up. I mean, along uh, yeah. the way and promised something. Right, to, you know. right. I mean, oh, there's see so that? many people. Yeah. But of course, I wanted to know the answer right then. I'm like, you know, how did they pick this girl and why she's so easily doing what they say and sleeping with uh, Eugene and just all that. That was a big heartbreak, I thought, on his part. And you know, it reminded me of the Truman Show. How uh, you think you're living this life and everybody's pretending and really it's all fake. Oh, man, that's just oh, so heartbreaking. But it reflects reality, too. <laughs> God, I hope not. That would be well, awful. I hope not, too. But there's a lot of phoniness going on. So you don't know yeah. who you can trust and what, the, what their motivation really is anyway. I mean, it's just a commentary, I think, yeah. about society, uh -huh. too. So. And I really liked Princess and Eugene's relationship in this, that he confided in her and asked her for advice. And then she helped him with his plan, even though she wasn't fully on board. But then she was also a good enough friend to tell him the truth, even though it wasn't what he wanted to hear or what, not the truth, but what, you know, pulling him back because she saw the extent that he was going to with that whole board and, you know, all the diagram that he had and... 
she saw, wait, she just, you know, picked up and left and left her job because this is just not something she wanted. I was surprised that she said that, but then actually it kind of ended up being the truth. Yeah. So I don't know. I think, I think that she wasn't really protecting him when she was making those statements or feeling bad for him. I think she was just to a point where she's like, come on, chump, (laughs) wake up. She's gone. You're crazy to be putting all this stuff up on the wall. You don't, why can't you just move on? Is really kind of what she was saying. You know, it's over. It's done. Just move on. But she didn't realize that that's probably the only woman who's ever slept with him. (laughs) So exactly. So that's why it meant so much to him because he's, you know, so peculiar in the first place. Yeah. So I don't know. I think she wanted to slap him. So she. (laughs) So she verbally slapped him. No, she verbally slapped him by, you know, by trying to get him to snap out of it. And then he didn't drop it. He was obsessed. And, you know, that never gets pretty. Right. What did you think about Connie and Kelly's investigation? I honestly do not understand why Connie would get a position doing what she's doing unless there was some ulterior motive given her past, having exposed the brother of, right. Of Pamela. Whatever. Pamela. Yeah, thanks. Milton. <laughs> but I think and and who decides? So in the interviews, if you go if you go way back to last season when they were all in the train car and yes. they were all being thoroughly interviewed and what they trying to assess what they could do. Uh-huh. How they could contribute to the civilization or the community. And obviously somebody had to come in and say well, she'd be make a good reporter, even though she has this history of just kind of stirring shit, you know? So I think Hornsby kind of manipulated and navigated that whole situation. So he put people in the positions that they're really, really good at or interested in just to gain favor with them to get their support. You know, it's it's a innuendo or a read between the lines kind of thing for me. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that there's, I think he's, preparing his team he i know that sounds like oh i think he is i think you're right i love that i actually really like connie and kelly as this duo i love their dynamic between the sisters and i like that kelly often has hesitates to verbalize what connie has said and then connie motions her to say what she said uh you know the big sister telling the sister just tell them just tell them what i said just say what i say and uh, but i like that (laughs) kelly is trying to watch out for her sister and uh, and i also like the way she conveys what she's saying it feels um so um passionate and uh and i like it i like seeing them this way although i am afraid for connie because i feel like she's pushing it too much oh yeah yeah i'm thinking you're gonna you're gonna push too hard and then they're gonna do something with you guys so you know be careful of um how far you go with it but i like it if she was more undercover just a little more sleuthy and not so yeah. outwardly telling people what she's going to do, but maybe just do it on the side. What about Mercer? Mercer was all over all those. Okay, so I'm a little frustrated because the people that are being trained to be the military force or the police force, whatever you want to call them, they don't seem to be very good at it. It's like they're not really picking up on how to do anything. They're just freaking out. And I, I really have, I'm racking my brain trying to figure out, well, how did you survive up to this point? Because you certainly weren't born in this 
Commonwealth. You probably were picked up along the way. Didn't you experience any of this stuff outside? I mean, what happened? Have you been that insulated from all of this that you just can't seem to deal with it? So I was surprised that they selected the people, or at least, but maybe that's just a contrast how strong Mercer actually is as a leader and as a fighter. Blood all over him and, you know, in the suit and the, the gaze and the stare and then, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. I mean, he's really, really a tough guy, but yeah. when we saw him last week was going to that celebration Halloween um, gala, he was yeah. a whole different kind of guy. Right. You know, he wasn't interested in chasing after Tyler, right? I mean, he was yeah. like, oh, he had to be told to, to radio somebody to go chase after him because he probably do. Where's he going to go? What's he going to do? I mean, he's really not a, a threat. So, because he knew him, he trained him. So, and he probably identified with the struggles. Yeah. So, wait, I have a question for you because on The Talking Dead, they talked about Mercer covered in all that blood and that he fought a bunch of walkers. And I thought to myself, did I miss something? Because I only saw him where he was helping those two stormtroopers, right? With the walkers that were there. So well, when he came out all bloody, um, I didn't see where he was fighting a bunch of walkers. But they said that in The Talking Dead, unless I misunderstood. And I went back and watched it again. And I did not see him fight walkers. So no, because he, he appears. So Connie and Kelly... Yeah. The two of them are deposited next to that like carriage thing or whatever and they're waiting for him and he he emerges from the vehicle or whatever you want to call it from the front of it. He walks out after having done all of that. So you don't see him actually doing it. He's just covered with blood because that's right. when he first sees them. Yeah. So this is after the fact. So there's a lot of so the other issue that I take with this um not just this episode but periodically is that the time the time in between, it's like, how do you, it's, it's like several different timelines that don't seem to match and you don't, you kind of lose a little bit if you got to fill in a lot of the blanks. Cause I think they just have a lot of story to cover in an uh -huh. episode. Uh -huh. So he is, they show up, she shows up to interview him. Um, and that's what he's already been doing for two hours or three hours of the morning. And then when they get there, then he stops doing that and comes you know, and talks to them. And then those guys get into trouble because they've probably been in trouble all morning long because they're inept. So, <laughs> you know. know. It was funny. He's got a whole suit on, this trooper, yeah. and the walker's on him. He's all, ah, uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> I, I know. That was I know. so funny. And I, they I thought, weren't bloody. <laughs> I know. At least he was trying to save his buddy, right? Putting him in the car and trying to shut yeah. the door. I just, I, I felt like I missed something, like they cut something out. That's what I was feeling. But I guess it, like you said, it's like he had been fighting previous, but I'm like, oh, did I miss something? I hope we didn't. I hope they didn't cut it out and we didn't miss a scene that we should have been privy to seeing. Yeah, but we've, we've seen that so much, though. It's yeah. kind of... You know. Yeah, but I kind of would like to see him badass, just like I like watching Michonne, you know, cut all those walkers with her katana. It'd be nice to see him doing the same. I think that would be really cool. What is interesting? Oh, two things I want to bring about up about Mercer is one is that he reveals that Max, that she's his sister, that yeah. Connie found this out. And uh, he says, yeah, I wondered how long it was going to take you to bring that up. But I thought, whoa. Okay, so if Max is his sister and Max is part of this rebellion, 
that's kind of mm. interesting that Mercer is the soldier for the Commonwealth. Well, well, but it's it's still they're all I think I think really putting in that context, I think she might just be a mole. So she's giving information, but she, if she were, he would know that Tyler was moved. Whoever moved Tyler, she would have been on the inside to know that, to tell him if she who, were who like would a have? plant, Max. Oh, if she had been a plant, if, but she had if been. she's not a so, plant, I don't, I don't think, think she is. is a plant. Yeah. I don't think she so, is either. I don't think they really get along either because he really didn't react when Tyler had a knife <gasps> at her throat. That's so, what I was wondering. You know, I was I mean, uh, going back in my, you know, thinking about that. I'd have to go back and really watch it. But I was wondering the same thing. I thought, he did he have a big reaction? I don't recall. And also, he's pissed off when they move Tyler, and he right. is not aware of it. And I thought, I thought, oh, I thought this could be a big turning point for Mercer. Right. But who so, moved Tyler? Who moved Tyler? We don't know. Who made that right. decision? Right. And is it Hornsby who is yeah. manipulating him by... Having all of these circumstances occur that are personal to this guy that he's going to say, I can't stand it here anymore. I got to do something about it. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's it's a big, big web. Yes, I agree. I think it's a total web. I love it, though. I just love it. <laughs> what other thoughts or tidbits about this episode? I don't know. I, you know, Eugene, we've, this is the first time that we've really actually seen Eugene for Eugene. And he just was kind of this wide open wound. And it was really, it was kind of sad and pathetic, but he got a little paranoid pathetic. and he got, well, because, because he was so oh my God. hung up on this, this, what, this love of his life, probably. Yeah, you yeah. know, he's, he's just, he's, the guy with stars in his eyes. He doesn't, yes. even though he's Mr. Logical and supposed to be and intelligent, he, you know, he's like the one guy that finally gets his chance and then he blows it, but he doesn't really blow it because it was a setup, but they, yeah. they knew they could manipulate him by the, they, they picked a, picked apart his weaknesses and then gave it to him, fed it to him. I mean, and then, and he fell for it because he was ripe for it, you know, because he'd been so lonely probably all his life. And then finally he meets the girl of his dreams. So he thinks, right. yeah. But then what about the end of the, the end of the episode when Stephanie actually does show up at the, or the girl who I was talking, I was the one actually talking to you. Do you remember that? Yeah. She knocks on his door and she's, you know, uh, glasses, but a totally different different woman. She's like, I'm the one that was talking to you. So yeah. where's she been? And what is that about? Right? So now he's just really, he's been mind, you know what did. And <laughs> so now he's going to have to kind of parse through some of that crap that they've been spewing at him. And then I think he's gonna, he's gonna have to figure out how he's going to preserve his dignity or his, his, and his sanity. Because They've already compromised him. He's already, they already made a fool of him and they got the information. So he feels incredibly vulnerable once again. I mean, that's just how Eugene lives. You know, he's always trying to impress somebody or do something. Or yeah. I want to say something about Max showing up, but maybe this will be his way because she is the one that was probably put up to lure him in and now she's coming clean to him. And if she is part of the group 
the rebellion, because that's what she said to Tyler, I'm one of you, uh, you know, this could actually work out in his favor. Yes, it's not going to be the love of his life and all of that happened, but still he can get back at them <laughs> if they work together. So I, I, I like that. I love that it ended with that. I love that it ended with her, you know, coming up and saying the things that she said to him over the radio and mm -hmm. us realizing all this time, because it was all over that none of us believed that we'd call her fake Stephanie, which was the one he was sleeping with. And we thought that Max was Stephanie all this time. I mean, I don't know, Margaret, if you thought that, but that's kind of been the consensus for a little while. So it is what all of us watchers, viewers had thought oh. that the huh. that Max was actually Stephanie. You mean Mercer's sister? Yes, yes. Because that girl did not look like like the girl who was Max from the other to me. I'm so confused. No, I didn't think that was Max. I thought it was a whole different person. Did she no, introduce herself as Max? She said she was Max? Well she didn't say she's Max. She said But you I, recognized I just recognized her? her. Yeah. I want oh I didn't recognize her. Well that's interesting. I didn't realize that. So then if she's one of Tyler then she is infiltrating the top level and Mercer probably is trying to maintain his status by not rocking the boat. And if his sister, that would explain why he didn't do anything for, for her when Tyler had her under the knife. So I'm not, so now I'm kind of shifting. I don't know if he's part of this big revolution thing that Hornsby is trying to create or, um, you know, manage. But I think he's doing, Hornsby is doing certain things so that certain individuals who are very valuable because of their skills, because of their knowledge base, because of their creativity, like Carol getting out. Oh, you got out. You figured out how to get out. I mean, yeah. that's one of those things. So I think that's, he's just trying to, he's like Noah's Ark. He's trying to build, he's trying to get all the right people together so that they can survive someplace else. And that's probably why he wants to go to Hilltop. Hilltop. Oh, Alexandria. Alexandria. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Get a street. <laughs> Wait, so you you believe that Hornsby is trying to create. Create a a, a group that includes Mercer and all these yep. Yep. Alexandrians and uh, yep. on his own, separate from Milton. Yes. And yes. the other troopers, maybe? Okay. Very <laughs> Who are worthless. Hello. <laughs> They're worthless, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, very I mean, interesting. Okay. Because he, okay. I mean, he's, he, that episode, two episodes ago or whatever, when he was, um, he just, you know, they dissed him because of the wine, you know, the wine, right. no, the wine, oh, the yeah, wine, yeah. the wine. Uh -huh. And it seemed like he was shriveling because he could not do enough. So I think that's, that part is obviously an act. So he's just, I really believe that he's trying to create his own. He wants to be in charge. He wants to be a big man on campus. So he's just cowering underneath, learning everything, planting the seeds so that he can gather the right people mm. and they can find someplace else yeah. to live. Huh. Well, he did say when he was with Carol and they were riding to the poppy farm that the poppy farm? Yeah, the poppy farm. <laughs> you said puppy. I sounded like puppy. I'm like, 
They have puppy bills? Oh my god, they can't have puppy bills. <laughs> Poppy farm. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, he tells her that, yeah, Pamela Milton's here, but basically he knows all the inner workings and, you know, he's been here from the beginning and he knows how everything works. So, um, yeah, so that that could be. Wow, wow, wow. I like it. I like it where your mind is going. <laughs> What did you think of that drug trade that Moto, I think his name was Moto, that was uh, cheating the workers and pocketing the money? And I thought that was a whole, that was a very, that was a side, side note, but I thought it was very interesting that they incorporated that in there. I, what are they going to do with money? That's true. Unless you live in the Commonwealth, right? But maybe they can go buy food. Maybe they allow them to buy food. But still, currency is just like not even, it's, to me, it's more of a, it it should be a bartering work kind of, I mean, they're trying to replicate, you know, society with all of its bells and whistles, money and housing and the whole class system, the whole deal. But it really, it doesn't, I don't understand that. I mean, and so they get the drugs for the, the medicine, but it's like, I mean, they're paying for it and then... I don't know. Maybe they're being paid. I don't no, know if he they said actually money. said money. He, said, he did? Yeah. Okay. I don't recall yeah. if he actually said money. So I thought, yeah. well, maybe it's in food or cash. and other I mean, things. he said something. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It just doesn't make, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't really fit. Because um, they're not even really associated, you know, with right. them other than right. this trade You're, thing. Yeah. Absolutely. I, um, but I do like how it advanced this relationship with Carol and with Hornsby and him telling her that, yes, he wants her to, he says he wants her to be there with them at the Commonwealth. So I don't know. I'll, it'll be, I'll be curious to see where this all goes between those two. Maybe he's just rallying his troops, getting troops, you know, so that he can overthrow what's there. I mean, because yeah. Pamela's really checked out. She doesn't know what's going on. Okay. So in the previews for next week, we see them. Pamela and uh, I think it's Daryl and Mercer are traveling along and they meet up with Maggie, who looks pretty ragged. And uh, and Daryl and and um, Daryl and Maggie hug when they see each other. But I think there's some words. I'm not really sure, but I just get the feeling Maggie is not liking uh, this Pamela Milton. Like, ah, do you trust her? Do you trust all this? So, um, so Pamela is out on the road, which was very interesting. Do you, well, do you think that they're traveling to, (laughs) to Alexandria? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Hey, I hit my head. I have no memory. (laughs) I have a a little concussion going on. (laughs) Yeah. Crack. Uh, know where they're going i just know they're on the road so i don't know i can't wait was daryl was daryl dressed in the whole plastic suit thing oh you know what it was such a flash but why do i not remember seeing him in his trooper outfit but i'm not really sure i well i saw it too i don't think he was dressed i don't think so either huh That'll be interesting to see hey did you know that michael cudlitz directed this episode no, I didn't know that. He, he, you know, he's the one who played Abraham. He had red hair. Yes. Yeah. Huh. 
Huh, yeah, so he directed this episode. Yeah, I think he's done some of Fear the Walking Dead, maybe, or maybe it was oh. The World Beyond. I think he's directed other episodes, but he came back and directed this one with his buddy, Eugene. So I thought that was uh, that was uh, nice to learn. And also, oh, man, the ending when uh, when Eugene throws his book in the fire. Oh, oh. I mean, your art, you know, your work. And you throw yeah. it in the fire because you feel so defeated or betrayed. I thought, no, Eugene, keep the book. Uh, now, guess, if that were you, would you have just a few pages at a time, or would you have just thrown the whole thing in? I would. Well, how dramatic did I want to be? I would throw the whole thing in, unless I was so trying to I. be. Unless I was being dramatic, then I would throw page by page, like painful. Like, well, but I think it's more dramatic to just throw the whole thing in and walk away. Yeah. All right, Margaret, we are at our segment and the award goes to, so I would like to know, what was your favorite quote, character, or moment? Moment. I loved the axe coming down and splitting that guy's open, uh, the head open. It just was the camera angle, just the whole, in- they've never done that before. It was so intense and it was so perfect because there was Mercer in all his glory. It was just cool. It was a really was. cool shot. Really cool shot. It was a cool shot. And Michael Cutlets, <laughs> thank you to him for putting that in there. I thought it was great. Yeah. What was yours? Did you have one? Uh, of course I do. I always have one. <laughs> uh, mine, my favorite, well, it's more than a moment. It was a whole scene, but it was between Eugene and Hornsby. That conversation. I was like riveted with that conversation. So, okay. So, yeah, explain it to me because... I I just checked out. Oh, man. Well, uh, one, the two actors, I just thought how they portrayed each of their characters was just really well done. One, I felt mm-hmm. super bad for Eugene, Josh McDermott. I felt like I was experiencing the heartbreak and the daggers through the heart as he was mm-hmm. and feeling the betrayal, feeling that he was played, feeling like he had given up his group. Alexandria, just like hating himself for being so exposed and giving all this information to um, Hornsby. Hornsby. Now no, we reversed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> to Hornsby. Yeah, I just, I, I just felt it from him. I just really, really felt it. I, I, I was there, but I also was equally impressed with. Hornsby and his portrayal because the look on his face was, you couldn't read it, what he was going to say or do. I thought he was going to kill him for a minute. Yeah, because normally when a character who's been around a long time, they get their episode, right? They get their episode to shine. And I thought, wow, is this Eugene's episode to shine? And then he's going to kill him? And because they do that really, really often with characters. So, Uh. and the way that that guy was looking at him. He had like this blank face, but it wasn't blank in that nothing was happening. It was blank that I couldn't quite pinpoint what he was going to say or do. Mm-hmm. And then when Eugene had finished, he basically turns it around and says, yeah, you lied too. You, Every single person that was interviewed, you all lied to get into here. And if you look at this, you're the one who benefited from this. 
Alexandria was on its last leg and everybody was starving. And now those people are not starving. Now those people are here. They have a place to stay. They're fed. So he says, you know, if you look at it, you're winning. You, Your group is winning. But I'm like, uh, even though he said all that and he said it well, of course, he has to throw in there that um, fake Stephanie doesn't like Iron Maiden, but she did like your book. I thought, oh, he's throwing him a bone, right? He's throwing him a bone as he's walking away. And he says, yeah. fine, go go tell everybody what you know. Go tell everybody. But you signed a paper saying that you were having basically a mental breakdown and, right. uh, you know, you weren't yourself. So it's like he has him. He has him by the, uh, the balls, man. He has him by the balls. Yeah, but he's, he's covering his ass, too. That's why he can yeah. reveal all that stuff because of that paper. Yeah, absolutely. But I seriously, I was, I watched it a second time and I was, I, I love their intensity together. I thought it was really well done. Really mm. well done. I really liked it. I had never seen Eugene's character like that. Even Hornsby, he just felt more powerful than I had expected. So yeah. I, I just thought both actors did a really good job. Okay, Margaret, I want to know, tell me one thing you learned in this episode and then what you're looking forward to in The Walking Dead. Oh, geez. I think it's to trust your your first instincts about something or a situation. It doesn't seem right, it's just, which is what Eugene did. Everybody else was just willing to let it go. But I think that you really have to, because you can't trust anybody, especially in this place, and he's he's picking it apart very analytically, so it's easy for him to, you know, know that there's some flaws that he can pick through. And then I think what I want to see is just all these relationships that are being established, what ends up happening, like Carol and Hornsby and Mercer with Connie, that relationship, Mercer with Princess. I mean, that's probably going to be something. Yeah. And then Eugene and, and Max. I mean, there's there's... So that's kind of the loose thread. So in my head, I think there's the three groups. There's the establishment, which is the people in power. Then there are the the infidels. Those are the Tyler group. And then there's the group in between, which is the Hornsby group, which is, I think, trying to probably they're supporting the infidels, hoping that they overthrow so that some stabilizing influence can come in, which would be Hornsby's group. Mm. So that's my thought. I love it. What did you learn, Diana? Well, I learned in an apocalypse, you shouldn't show all your cards in new company and follow your gut, which is basically the same thing that you said to trust your instinct. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that that's, <laughs> that's something that we learned that's great. I also, what I'm looking forward to, I kind of mentioned it already, but I, I'm looking forward to see where Maggie stands in all this and how her confrontation with Pamela Milton goes. Uh, I just Well, you, you'd call it a confrontation. Yeah. Is it a confrontation? Uh, maybe. May, might be. Maybe not yet, but it's brewing. It's there. There's something. I, I feel like there's going to be something. I don't think it's going to be like, hey. How you doing? <laughs> no, it's going to be very guarded. Okay. So maybe, you know, they're both, well, I think Maggie's going to be guarded. Of course, Pamela Milton's going to play her politician card. So yeah. 
It'll be, uh, hmm. it'll be, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Okay. That wraps up our conversation on The Walking Dead. So tell me, Margaret, what else are you currently watching? So this Apple TV Plus thing, I'm finding all the stuff is really pretty inventive on there. And there's a show that I saw previews for, I don't know, when I first got the subscription last year. For, and the title is C, S-E-E, as in Vision C. And I, eh, Jason Momoa is like the main guy. And then one of those other wrestler guys is in there, but I haven't found him yet. I mean, I I watched, I binged the first season, which is only eight episodes. And it was interesting because it's this post-apocalyptic situation where there's only two million people left on the planet. And they all, nobody can see because of whatever, ha- I don't recall what happened. It's it's all text as the intro to the very first episode. And I was making dinner, so I didn't really catch all of it. So, but nobody could see. And as a result, the, all of their other senses are much more developed. So they can hear things, they can feel things, they can smell things. And there's their, their ability to fight each other or hunt is just, it's, you know, in tune with, the environment and the earth and all that kind of stuff. So they're they're pretty much living like the caveman used to live with fire and shelter and clothes made out of animals, that kind of thing. So, but the relationships are highly evolved as far as just interdependency. And it's just, I thought it was really pretty good. I really got into it. And, um, you know, they, they hearken back to gods, even though the, some of the people are living in some of the, um, the buildings, there's a power plant that the kingdom, their kingdom in this region, those people are living in. And, and so they have electricity because of the dam. So it's kind of interesting, you know, the, the differences that exist in the tribes and the fighting and the whole thing. So I really liked it. I mean, I thought it was really kind of cool. So episode or episode season two, I haven't started. I'll probably do that this weekend. Um, and then the other show, I just like the FBI. I just, it's kind of, you know, it's done by, um, Mr. Law and Order guy and I just like it. I like the characters. I just think it's really kind of fascinating to watch. And it's on Paramount Plus or NBC if you don't have streaming capability. So, um, it's just, you know, they again, grab stories out of the news and they, they play them up. And so it's, it's, it's kind of interesting for me just to watch because I used to live in New York. So you see a lot of the stuff that I used to, where I used to walk and where I used to shoot and all this other stuff. So it's just kind of cool. They always hit the same, they always use the same apartments. <laughs> for their, yeah. uh, I mean, seriously, they do. And you know, they're always in the East village and you know, Japan don't all that kind of stuff. So movies, I only saw one movie that I really, I didn't fall asleep in or at or in the middle of <laughs> And I really didn't know if I had seen it before. Half the time I see so many movies and then I'm like, oh man, 20 minutes, half an hour in, I'm like, oh yeah, I did see this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So I really wonder what my attention span is. Um, But my recall is pretty good 20 minutes into the movie. But um, it was The King's Man, which is the, the precursor to that whole series. So it's The King's Man is the tailor shop. Um, It's in the label and it's the... The guy who actually starts it, character names escape me as usual. But anyway, so it, it's the story of him and his and their uh, nobleman and his wife, and they have a baby, and, and they do good 
you know, they travel all over the world doing good and then an incident occurs and it just kind of flips the switch for all these other things to happen. And you just kind of follow in that the son is fighting the father because he doesn't really understand. He's young, you know, what their purpose is on the planet and what they, you know, because they're, they're good against evil kind of thing. And he wants to fight in the war. And the daddy's like, no, you can't fight in the war. Your mother wouldn't want you to fight in the war, but he goes off to war anyway. So it's, um, it was, it was pretty good. So I enjoyed it. And what TV are you watching? I haven't seen the three that you've recommended and I wanted to see C. So I'll, mm-hmm. I think I try, almost started it. I don't know that I tuned in and I almost watched the Kingsman this weekend, but I ended up oh. watching, I ended up watching a different movie, which I'll tell you about in just a second. So as far as TV, I watched or TV shows, I watched Love is Blind season two on Netflix. I watched the first oh. season. I had to watch the second season. I, I thought, oh, I can't tune in because I'll be addicted. And I was. It's about... <laughs> People dating without seeing each other. They're in pods and they date each other oh. sight unseen and they, they, you know, get engaged sight unseen and then they see each other and then they go to Mexico with each other for a few days and then they go into the it's real like Vegas. world. Wait, then they go into the real world. Okay. For a little bit, they tell their families and then there's telling them we're getting married in two weeks and half the families are freaking out. And, uh, yeah. some of the people, some of the men and women are freaking out too. And they all have to go through the ceremony. And at the altar, you say, if you're going to get married or not, right? You say, oh, yes, I'm going so forward. It isn't a done deal. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm going forward or no, I'm not going forward. And uh, some people get married and some people don't. And it's not always you expect. It's 10 episodes. There was, I, there, I even watched the reunion which came out a week or two later, but I was able to binge them all together. But I was totally sucked in. I love the show. So it was cool. I like it. It's that Nick Lachey guy, right? Yes. Yes. And his wife. Yes. They host it. it. So yeah, they don't do too much. They host it, but they're not in it too often. As far as movies, I was on my Oscars kick. I was trying to watch as many Oscar-nominated movie. So I watched Drive My Car, which is on HBO Max. This is a Japanese film. And so I did have to watch subtitles. And to be honest, it was three hours long. So at certain times, I... I tuned out a little bit because I had to do other things. And I and I feel really bad because <laughs> I feel like it should have been given my full attention. But basically, it's about a man who loses his wife and is in grief and is assigned a young woman driver whom he forms a friendship, a, a relationship friendship with. Um, it's It's very different. And unique. It's driving Miss Daisy. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought of, too. And uh, it's it kept me intrigued, though, even though it was long. I wish it was a little bit shorter. I, it kept me like wondering what was going to happen. I am going to spoil one little thing. So if you don't want to hear this, <laughs> bounce forward one minute. But it's not. It's, at, it's near. OK, 30 <laughs> seconds. It's at the beginning. <laughs> it's at the beginning of the near the beginning of the movie. The husband and wife are together. Every time they have sex, she comes up with um, character because she's, 
I believe she's a screenwriter. Crazy. He's a play, oh. a playwright director. They're both in that aspect of playwright, screenwriter. So every time after they have sex, she talks about these two characters and fleshes them out. And so that's part of the, the intrigue of watching this movie. The other part is he goes off. Uh, he has to go away. And so he goes away, but he finds that he can't get on the plane because there's a, a storm or something happening. Something's delaying the plane. So he comes back home. But when he comes back home, he hears his wife having sex with somebody else. Oh. And so he quietly leaves. Oh, I would have stayed to listen to see if she had that conversation with him, the other guy, right? Right. It'd be interesting. So he he leaves, doesn't say mm-hmm. anything to her, and then you know she passes away, and then it goes on from there. So that's all I'm going to give you. So if you're intrigued, mm-hmm. you should check not this out. <laughs> and uh, it's not driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the young the young woman, she has had you know, a difficult life, the one that drives his car. So I think that's part of the intrigue too. There's more to it. I don't want to tell you everything. You'll just have to go <laughs> go watch it if you're interested. The other movie that I watched, which instead of watching The Kingsman, I watched this, it was Nightmare Alley. It's on HBO mm. Max. It's a neo-noir psychological thriller directed by Guillermo del Toro, who I really like, starring Bradley Cooper, Tony Collette, William Dafoe, Kate Blanchett, on Perlman and others. It's beautifully shot, beautifully shot, very moody. Cooper plays a carny learning all the tricks in the book to scam people until he meets psychologists played by Blanchett, who calls him out and then works with him. So I didn't think I was going to like this movie because I'm not really into neo-noir type movies, but it kind of lingers with me and I keep thinking about it. So that makes me think, okay, I must have liked it. So, and I asked the husband and he said, you know what? I liked it. So we both liked the movie. So it was, yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. All right, Margaret, thank you for your insights on The Walking Dead and your recommendations. And thanks for joining me today. My pleasure. Like you're a (laughs) Chick-fil-A. My pleasure. All right. Well, that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website and follow Screens and Focus and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. You can rate and review the podcast on Apple, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. This will help other listeners find us. We'll be releasing a new episode next week. Next show will be on The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 12. You can find our website listed in our show notes. See you next time. Bye. Bye.